0: Happening, everybody, and welcome back to the Chaplaincy on the Go podcast. I'm your host, Josh Zorhoff, and I am a teaching pastor and a counselor in the West Michigan area. And this podcast is brought to you by the Fearless Family of Churches. And we have some exciting conversations for you today. We are talking with a woman named Sasha Wolf. Sasha is the founder of Still I Run, a organization that is for runners that raises awareness for mental health. Still I Run is the country's only nonprofit that focuses on a national level to promote the benefits of running for mental health. The organization started in 2016. And as Sasha will tell us, the the dream of Still I Run came out of her own experience in working through mental health and depression and anxiety. And so we're excited to hear from Sasha to talk a little bit about Still I Run and some ways that maybe we can learn how to combat and work through emotional health, mental health, depression, anxiety by getting out and walking or running, or finding a community of people to journey and even run with as we engage in conversations about stress and anxiety. And so we're going to dive right into it and get a chance to hear from Sasha right now. Well, here we are. I'm here with Sasha from Still I Run, and I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Sasha, we met in a really interesting way. Of all things, we were at a cocktail making class, (laughs) my wife and I, and you sat like next to my wife. And you were talking about your, your nonprofit and what you do in your journey. And I was like, you should be on my podcast. And so here we are. You're on the podcast. So tell us a little bit about you and uh, how how people can find you and, and how you got started in this.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I am the founder of a nonprofit called Still I Run, Runners for Mental Health Awareness. And um, it is shockingly the only nonprofit in the country that works on a nationwide level to promote the benefits of running for mental health. Um, I started it back in 2016, but the idea for it came around in, um, 2011, that was the year that I was actually hospitalized for depression and anxiety, uh, for a week at pine rest. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, they kind of taught me managing my illness with medication and therapy and some sort of healthy habit. They suggested, um, reading, painting, journaling, I'm more of an active person. So I kind of just gravitated towards walking, running. And um, when I was released from the hospital, one of the first things I did was lace up my shoes and take my dog out for a walk. And I felt so accomplished having done that. Like I literally was just hospitalized because I was so debilitated and I felt accomplished that I got out and went for a walk with my dog. And then I went further and I went faster and eventually I started putting together how running was making me feel on like a self-esteem level an accomplishment level and then the the physiological level that the chemicals going on in your brain when you move Uh, and eventually i started wanting to connect with other people that ran for mental health i Figured it was such a a no brainer because Mm. I'm not the only one in the world to run for mental health, nor did I discover this amazing earth shattering connection. Um, So I started looking for people in the area that ran for mental health in the Grand Rapids area. Mm. I couldn't find anything. I searched countywide, nothing statewide, nothing (laughs) nationwide, nothing. And I was literally shocked. And so I kind of sat on this idea for a couple of years of like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Because it, it, it involved me having to share that I was hospitalized for depression and anxiety. It, it involved me going against this stigma that is so prevalent. Um, and I ended up reading Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly about vulnerability and book. Oh my goodness. I I'm like staring at all of her books right now. I own every one of them. I'm a fangirl. Mm. Um, so on world mental health day, October 10 of 2016, I launched a Facebook page and a really poorly designed website. I made myself with my story of running for mental health. And it just, it kind of went a little wild from there. People were saying, I had no idea you dealt with depression and anxiety. Um, I had people saying, well, how do I get involved? Where do I donate money? What kinds of programs do you have? And I'm thinking, I don't have any of this. <laughs> so that kind of um showed me that there's a huge need, a huge gap. Um, that people wanted to connect with others that ran for mental health. And that's kind of just like the very humble beginnings of still I run, which is just wild to me.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Can we I want to back up just on, <laughs> on a couple of things that you touched on? Yeah. First of all, you mentioned the physical benefits. And kind of the psychological chemical impact that running has. So I want to touch on that before we talk about overcoming the stigma, because I think that one's really important, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we walk it back for a second and tell me why is physical movement important for your emotional health?
1: Yeah, because when you're actually moving, your brain is producing chemicals, those feel good chemicals that not only help with your emotional state, but it also helps with memory, anything brain related. There was actually a study that came out not too long ago that said the benefits of running can actually rival the benefits of medication. Like that's what's going on with your brain, which is just completely wild to me. You could almost think of running as medication but with the world's best side effects. And that side effect is you're also increasing your physical health at the same time. So it's not just a, hey, running makes you feel good. It literally makes you feel good because of the the chemicals and the physiological response that's going on in the brain. And it's interesting to me that when you look up running for um, mental health, there's not a lot out there because most people run for their physical health. And that is Still I Run's goal is to make running for your mental health just as normal and common as running for your physical health. I'm not running to get skinny. I'm not running to get toned or muscular. I am running for my mental health.
0: Mm. So Bessel van der Kolk, who is a doctor and researcher in trauma, had put out some information that essentially said one of the greatest ways to heal through trauma is through yoga for mm. the same reasons that you've described and that the body, if it makes sense, the body keeps the score yes. on our trauma. Well, then the body also must have a way to repair the trauma mm-hmm. as well. And that's part of the rationale there. So I, I love that. What are some of the chemicals yeah, that are released? Bet.
1: Yeah. You've got uh, serotonin, dopamine, all of those feel good chemicals that are going on that your body is literally creating more of because you are moving and it doesn't have to just be running. It doesn't have to just be yoga. It could be biking, hiking, walking at a brisk pace. Like anything that gets that heart rate elevated is going to start producing those feel good chemicals in your brain.
0: Yeah. Yep. And when you're Elevating your heart rate, you're also increasing the need to breathe and increasing the need to breathe triggers the relaxation response in your body. And it doesn't make sense because although you are working your body, you're actually relaxing your mind and soul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, as someone that runs for mental health, like I feel that when I get outside, I feel more connected to my, myself, I am concentrating more on what is going on throughout my entire body. So it's almost like meditation at the same time as I'm getting out there and running. And and for me, like I said, it, it's running, but it doesn't have to be for everyone. Cause I know not everyone likes to run. It's, I think I saw a stat that said only 15% of Americans run, which is not a very large amount. And that's okay because there's other forms of movement that you can do and eventually I would love to see still I run become still I no yoga, I walk. still I hike, bike, try for triathlons. Like it I don't care what you do for your movement as long as you are um getting out there for the purpose of your mental health.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot. I, um, this morning I did 30 minutes on the tread climber and I did some, I did some weight lifting because I'm getting older and (laughs) my muscle mass is deteriorating. And so I need to lift weights too, but the tread climber is more effective for me because I can burn off more calories in the same amount of time as I could running. And it's easier on my joints. So no one really has a good excuse. Like still, I do something. Mm, Yep. (laughs) Yep. physical because the easiest thing I think is to at the end of your day or whatever before your day starts to sit have a cup of coffee or at the end of the day sit down and pour a glass of wine or have a beer or turn on Netflix which that's all fine like it's okay to escape a little bit and relax that's that's cool but if that's all you do you're essentially just saying well then I'm guaranteeing that I'm whatever stress is in my body I'm just going to carry that over into tomorrow
1: yeah you're going to keep it whereas if you work out and move you it's almost like you're physically and mentally mentally getting that out which is something that i
0: want to preach to the the hilltops here <laughs> i love that i love that tell me a little bit about overcoming the stigma oh and man and what that, that meant for you oh,
1: that stigma is a rough one so i was originally diagnosed with depression and anxiety in my sophomore year of college um I'm sure if you would have asked my mom though, she would have said it appeared much earlier in life. Um, but in college, I was diagnosed uh, in I went to the school nurse and they gave me a prescription of of Prozac weekly, mm-hmm. which I did not tell anyone about. I didn't do anything other than to take that Prozac weekly, so no um altering of medication. So like trying out something else. I didn't go to a therapist, nothing because I was so afraid. I was. I came from California, so I had this reputation of being like the fun California girl, and I didn't want to ruin that at all. So between the age of 19 and 27, I did not tell anyone except for like really close family um, because I was so afraid of that stigma and how people would look at me. And then I found myself at uh, Pine Rest, and that changed everything, And, and even directly after then. I, because I disappeared from work for a week, even after then, I didn't really tell anyone why I disappeared. I got very creative with my reasons for just not being at work. I obviously had to tell my boss, but um, even then it felt really weird to have to tell them that I was at a hospital for my mental health. So uh, it I stayed quiet about how I was suffering and what I was going through. And And that's another reason for Still I Run to exist. Like, I don't want anyone to have to feel so afraid to even share a health concern because people will look at them differently. So at Still I Run, we've got this this community of people that are actively sharing their stories of running for mental health. And and for me, one of the biggest things I always say is by sharing our own stories, we're getting rid of that stigmatizing narrative placed upon us. So we're all about uplifting the voices of anyone that is struggling with a mental health condition and and is willing to share their story. But you know, going back to that stigma and sharing their story, like everyone has their own timeline of when they want to do it. Like, don't listen to this and go, oh my goodness, I have to share tomorrow. Like whatever your timeline is for sharing, that is okay because everyone has a, has a different journey. But what I'm here to say and here to do is break that stigma that's around it because your mental health should be no different than your physical health.
0: Yep. I, I deeply resonate with that statement. Um, The element of sharing your story and overcoming your insecurities and being vulnerable are deeply important for healing. You referenced Brene Brown and her work that shame and vulnerability, they sit in the same place and you essentially have to sit in that discomfort long enough to know that I'm going to be okay. And you can't get there without vulnerability, but vulnerability can be really scary. Oh my goodness. It was
1: absolutely terrifying because I didn't know how people would react. And and luckily I've been met with open arms by so many people. And yes, there's a few that are like, well, snap out of it. Or, you know, can't you just get over it? into those people, I kind of just go, well, that's, that's not possible. Mm. And so I kind of just lean into the discomfort and the vulnerability because it's, it's brought me so much good in my life. If I were still hiding about all this, I wouldn't have been blessed with so many amazing people, amazing stories in my life, or still I run like this has been an incredible organization gift for me on top of being able
0: to help so many people. So let's talk about that for a minute. For people who are listening right now who either are struggling with an emotional thing, whether you don't, whether you don't like the label, if you don't like the label of anxiety or depression or mental illness, if you don't like that label, no problem. Let's just say an emotional thing. Yep. If you're going through that, the story we tend to tell ourselves is what?
1: Oh man. Um for me and I don't know if this makes sense but I tend to um gaslight myself into thinking my issues aren't real. Real or big enough. Mm. Um and that's been something that I I have to go through therapy with like recognizing that my issues and emotional state is real and it's nothing to that I should just swallow down and ignore. And so Being able for me to recognize that these issues are real and opening up to others within the still I run community has been absolutely everything for me. So if you are dealing with something emotional, like know that it is 100% normal and 100% okay to open up to someone in your life to talk through this.
0: Yeah. Just because it's in your head doesn't mean it isn't real. Yes. And I have encountered that as a therapist. I've encountered that as a pastor. I've encountered that as a human being in the world. Sometimes when people don't understand mental or emotional stuff, they tend to say, well, just don't think like that. Yeah. (laughs) Just be happy. Just don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Like yeah,
1: or or your life is so amazing, you have no reason to feel that way. There are
0: starving children in Africa who are more resilient than you. Can't like can't you get this together? And the story we tell ourselves is that no one really understands. Yeah, I shouldn't feel this way. And I should just be happy. And here's the problem with that. First of all, two out of five people have an emotional health thing in the U.S. right now. So 40% of the American population knows exactly how you feel to one Mm -hmm. degree or another. And yeah, there are starving kids in Africa. But why do we have to sacrifice that reality for ours? Isn't it okay to say, you know what? I'm sure all things being equal, there are people who hurt way more than I do right now, but I still hurt and that's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that goes back into the the gaslighting yourself. Like that's literally something that I just stumbled on in the last year. Me thinking that because I'm thriving right now, that my bouts of depression that I have, well, they're not as bad as Susie down the road, or I'm I'm not hospitalized anymore. So my problems aren't that bad. That, I guess, is true, but everybody experiences a mental, emotional thing in varying degrees. And I still hurt. That doesn't mean that I should push it down or not do anything about it.
0: Yeah. So in an earlier episode of the podcast, I had a chance to talk to my friend, Steve Carter. And if you're just checking us out, go back and listen to some of the episodes with Steve, where we talk about the thing beneath the thing. There's a there's a prayer. That he teaches in the book that comes from um Thomas Keating uh, that says, "Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know that it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, conditions, situations, persons. I let go of my need for power and control. I let go of my need for survival and security. I let go of my need for esteem, affection, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my need to change any person, condition, situation, or myself. I open myself to the love and presence of God and God's healing action within. The welcome prayer is essentially saying, I feel how I feel today. I love that. And it's okay. Uh, Good, bad, medium, I, I feel how I feel. And I'm not going to deny that. And in fact, if we look at it in the spiritual context for a moment, anytime we feel that way, it's an invitation to say to God, to the higher power of the universe, I don't got this on my Mm -hmm. own. And if you have a group, a community of people that you can say, you know what? I don't got this today. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the Stiller Run community has has been that for so many people. We've got um, it's a private Facebook group because not a lot of people like to share their stories yet. Yeah. So if they post on Facebook, then it shows up on their friends and family feed. But if you do it inside the, the private group we got, then it stays in there. And we mm. have so many people that are like, I just woke up today and I, I can't get a run in. Will someone run on my behalf? And we've got a bunch of people posting like, oh my goodness, yes, I'll I'll run for you today. Or you've got this, or I'm thinking about you, or do you need a a text or a phone call, whatever. It's a, it's a very close knit group, even though there's thousands of people in it and it's close knit because everybody knows to a certain extent what someone else is feeling or they've Mm -hmm. experienced that themselves.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'm, I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast with friends and, and just going through, but the. Latest neuroscience is proving that in order to heal from trauma and past pain, we need the context of a safe, confessing community. We need a place where we know that what we say will be trusted, and it will be consistent over time, and we can say exactly how we're feeling through this confessing process of like, hey, I I can't run today. Yeah. I can't. And we need other people around us. And so you've got that you've got that in the Still I Run community. But can we share just for a moment, the importance of um, finding the right people Mm, to share mm -hmm. what you're going through? And why why is that really important?
1: I think that is important because you want to feel like you're being 100% authentically you. And giving your full self almost and so having that trusted group whether it's a therapist a spouse a partner mom or dad or the still i run community there's something important about feeling safe in how you're sharing and how you're showing up Um, and that's something that still i run really strives to be is inclusive in all manners of the word and safe in all manners of the word um, because if you're sharing if you're authentically being yourself and it's it's not to someone who's safe then you almost feel like you've been um violated almost maybe that's not the right word betrayed the trade is the better word for it and then that is not going to be healing for whatever you're going through
0: and will make it that much more difficult to find healing on the next round.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: And I think one of the things to note again for those who are listening, if you are looking for a place that is, well, an opportunity to share emotionally what you're going through, you don't have to tell everyone. Listen, right. You, you don't have to tell everyone everything about you, but someone should know everything. Someone should know at least enough for your healing. And if you don't have that, again, a therapist, a still I run community, or still I walk, or still I barbecue, or still <laughs> I still I do something that yeah. is beneficial for my soul, but other people who who get me and are willing to listen, those people are out there. And you'd be surprised, you would be surprised how many of them would probably resonate with something that you're going through.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. The people I've met along the way through Still I Run, like some of them are my closest friends now because we've been able to bond on such a deep level of, yeah, I know what it's like going through postpartum depression. Or, yeah, I know what it's like having a anxiety attack or panic attack. Um and in those people have become my trusted group and it doesn't happen overnight it's a it's a relationship establishment even with a therapist like it's really hard opening up to someone bearing your guts to someone you you don't know or have met for the first time so it's a little bit of relationship building as well
0: yep yeah that's usually the first session i spend is just getting to know somebody and Mm -hmm. letting them get to know me because without relationship, we can't go anywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that's the other thing too with with the Still I Run community is, is helping to build relationships because you feel like you belong to something else, something bigger than just yourself, as opposed to keeping it all in for yourself.
0: So what are some of the things that you do to help foster healthy relationships in Still I Run? I actually have a
1: really great core team. Those are a, it's a team of volunteers that have become my trusted advisors, if you will, um, that are a part of all the programs we do and the Still I Run uh, Facebook group that we have. It, it For the most part, everyone that is working within Still I Run are individuals that know on a very deep and personal level what it is like to have a mental health condition, emotional thing, whatever we want to term it. Um, and we're very, um, We're very much on top of looking at the Facebook group and and cultivating and fostering a sense of community and safety. You see that in um, our website. You see that in the Facebook group, our social media um, to create a safe spot for people to share their stories.
0: I love that. If someone is listening right now and they're like, I could walk, like, I don't want to run, but I could, I could walk. Uh, that feels accessible to me. Where would you tell him to start?
1: I I mean, selfishly, I would say get involved with the still I run community just because there's a lot of runners and walkers on there. Um, and it's such a great group to just get connected with like, Hey, I'm going out for my first one mile walk. Uh, does someone want to walk virtually with me? That actually happens more often than you would think. Um, we also have a ton of different virtual run walk things that people can do. Um, So you can earn a medal, you can earn a shirt, you can earn gear. Um, And also registration goes back into Still I Run. Um, But then we've also got a program called the Starting Line Scholarship. Uh, That is a program that is meant to help people overcome any barriers they may have when it comes to running or walking for their mental health. And we will give you all the gear you need we will give you the shoes the clothes we will give you a a coach who also acts as a mentor um we'll get you across the first 5k or 10k you want and you do not have to run you can walk this because you are moving for your mental health um and that is such an incredible program that we have we've seen a bunch of people go through it and we've had walkers go through it that are now runners We even had, um, someone in her late sixties complete the program and she just did the Marine Corps 10 K in Washington, DC on half the half of still I run. And she's also now involved with, um, athletes pushing athletes. So they're the ones that push, um, individuals like in wheelchairs across the finish line. So she's like 100% in all because amazing. All because she was inspired by this Starting Line Scholarship and helping her get from couch to 5K or now 10K in her case.
0: Wow. I I love that. I love that. I i am so grateful for just the time that you've spent here. Um, how can people find you? Yeah,
1: a couple different ways. Uh, StillIRun.org. Uh, we also are on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the, the two social media platforms where we put a concerted effort into it. We don't, uh, do TikTok or X or Twitter or anything like that, but yeah, you can find us on, on social media. Um, we also do have a run walk chapter in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we meet twice a month and it literally is like all pace is welcome. We have walkers and we have runners. And if you want to meet, physically with other people that are moving for their mental health, we invite you to join us. And that's also on our website as well.
0: That is so great. Well, we'll have all of that information in the podcast notes. And so you can get way more involved, but Sasha, thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm excited. It makes me want to go out and run. (laughs) So I've been thinking about that for a while. Now I just need to get off my tread climber, I guess. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, If anyone else was on the fence about moving for their mental health, like this is their sign as they're listening. It is their um, audio sign, if you will.
0: (laughs) Wasn't that an awesome conversation? Sasha is one of those people that is out there making a difference for men and women and children navigating the realities of stress and depression and anxiety. And if you take nothing else away from her conversation with us, I think there are two items that we need to pay attention to. One, movement is good for the soul. And two, the stigma of mental health is real. And the more we talk about it, the less power that stigma has over our lives. So I want to encourage you, get out there and go for a walk. Go for a run. Crawl if you have to, but move in this season so that you too can help to work through some of the emotional realities of your life. If you know somebody who is struggling with depression or anxiety, Invite them out for a walk, even if it's a short one, to help them move their body and and help to challenge this stigma of emotional health and depression and anxiety. And don't go through it alone. Look for other groups of people. We're going to have links to Still I Run's website in the podcast notes. You can go to stillirun.org to learn more about it. And who knows, maybe we'll have Sasha on again to give us some tips of things that we can do in our running to help work through our emotional health. And if this has been a helpful conversation for you, as some of you have already done, reach out to us at chaplaincy at fearlessfollower.org or go to our website, fearlesschaplaincy.org. We would love to connect with you And help to continue this conversation of emotional health. Share this podcast with a friend. Go out for a walk with them and talk about how important it is. But we want to encourage you to continue to grow in your understanding of your mind and your body and your soul. And if there's anything that we can do to help, please reach out and let us know. Join us next time. As we continue on in this conversation of mental health and emotional health and the workplace and our everyday lives, we'll see you next time.